Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 25-year breast cancer survivor, certified life coach, and the author of Thriving Beyond Cancer. And I'm Becky Olson. I'm a five-time, 23-year survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. Um, I'm also a motivational speaker and the author of The Hat That Saved My Life. Sharon and I are, <clears throat> excuse me, also the co-founders of Breast Friends. And I wanted to share something before we get on with the program that was really kind of cool that happened just this last week. Um, and that is, we there's an, a website called women.com, and I actually went in and looked at the website after I saw this article, uh, and they provide resources for women across all areas of life, whether it's, you know, raising families or whatever. Um, but this, they had a, a, a special report that they did on the top five breast cancer podcasts, and I am so happy <laughs> that Breast Friends is on that list. So this Woo-hoo! radio show, this podcast that we've been doing for almost three and a half years now, made that list of the top five podcasts to listen to if you're dealing with breast cancer. And the other four all have, every every one that they chose, Sharon, had a specific angle. Like, uh, I think that one of them was talking about research, you know, what's the latest and greatest in research. Oh, and well, for that's ours, huge. Yeah, it is. Important. And mm-hmm. so for ours, it was on if you need emotional support and inspiration. It was like, ha, sweet. It's exactly what we try to do. So Absolutely. that was that was so cool to see that written, you know, <laughs> out there. So um, anyway, that was exciting. And then I got some good news yesterday. I know we have a lot of people that, that kind of follow us week to week. And so a lot of folks know that, um, you know, I've been battling this fifth battle with breast cancer and that it had spread to my lungs, et cetera. And um, yesterday... No, et cetera. No, no et cetera. cetera. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. We don't want the et cetera. We'll leave no. it at the lungs, right? At the lungs, period. Uh, <laughs> so I went in for my scan and my last scan was at the end of March. And on that one, um, it, it was considered unstable and had grown quite a lot. And that's when they changed me from phase one of the trial to phase two. So I'm still on immune therapy, but they added some other um, drugs to it to see if we could get this thing to reverse. Well, yesterday I went in for my scan and this time it was called stable, no growth. So it was like, you know, it's kind of like when you're driving a car, you know, you're going forward and, you know, you're going in forward and you want to go into reverse. Well, before you can get into reverse, you got to get the car in neutral, right? So it feels like we just hit neutral and this is now the turning point. So I'm... Very thankful, and I know there are people all over the country that have been praying for me, and I am not blind to that. And I just really know that that this is this is part of this is God's plan too. So absolutely, I'm just, absolutely, I, I'm and feeling, hopefully we will get a complete reverse. And that's, yeah, that's the goal with the next stand. So. Absolutely. So um, I'll see him on Monday, and he'll be able to show it all to me. But Yay. he just sent me. He just sent me three little words on a text message yesterday. He says, "Stable, no growth." And Woo-hoo. I wrote, "It's kind of what he said after that." I said, "Well, that's that is the best news ever." And then he wrote, "Phew, W H E W, like dodged a bullet." <laughs> So it was it was kind of a scary day yesterday going in for that because the last one didn't turn out so good but this one this one was good and so I think it really goes 
in line with what we're going to talk about today. And that is how do you not lose hope? And, you know, and we are more than our cancer. So anyway, um, thank you for letting me do that. <laughs> so, um, so today we, for our listeners, we are going to do something a little bit different. You know, usually we bring on an outside guest who's going to talk about their area of expertise. And today Sharon and I decided that we would tackle a topic by ourselves that we consider um, very that we're very qualified to talk about, and that is that we are more than our cancer. A cancer diagnosis and treatment is more than a wake-up call. It's an opportunity to change your entire life for the better, and that's what we're going to spend some time talking about today. What does that mean? How do we do it? So with that... Um, well, and with that, um, when, when, you, when you talk about cancer, and it's funny, when, when through our work at Breast Friends, we have had obviously lots and lots, thousands of conversations with women. And it's funny how after you get to a certain place in your treatment, maybe you're done with treatment, maybe you're a year or so out of treatment. And even some people I've even talked to in treatment who honestly say that their cancer has become a blessing. And for somebody who's not there yet, <laughs> that's that's quite a, a a mouthful. That's hard to even comprehend. But the everything I think is how you look at your circumstances, and I think that's a really important thing. So, but before we get into the crux of what we wanted to talk about, Becky, why don't you just? Uh, well, maybe I should go first since since I was diagnosed first. Um, yeah. Just just a little bit of my story. I was diagnosed at forty, uh, out of the blue, found my own lump. I just was like, "What? What is this?" Sort of thing. You know, it really kind of hit me in a time of my life where um, it it really kind of took me down, and uh, had kids at home, and had been working mom for many, many, many years, and all of a sudden. Thank goodness I uh, was able to take off some work and take care of myself through that. But at the same time, it was a really lonely time because a lot of my support system was at work. So it was kind of one of those uh, uh, blessings, but it was hard at the same time. But um, I remember shortly after I had my reconstruction surgery, that my doctor actually asked me to talk to a lady about her reconstruction or her decision-making process uh, about her uh, reconstruction. And I remember, uh, you know, basically dancing around the subject um, while we were having coffee. And then pretty soon I said, do you just want to see what it looks like? And we went in the bathroom and I did the show and tell and all that whole thing. I'm laughing because you did the same thing with me. (laughs) I know. I know it. And, and I remember that. It was like, I, that's the one thing I wanted to see, but I didn't know how to ask. So, but nobody yeah. will, I mean, everyone's way too polite to ask, can I see what it looks like? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but that's really what all those questions were trying to get to the gist of. Right. So, right. long story short, I kind of fell into this role of helping other women just kind of right from that perspective. So then fast forward three years, then Becky, who she and I worked together, was diagnosed. And you can take it from there, Beck. 
Yeah, it's, you know, before I do, I want to go back and say I was part of that support system that you had at work. But the problem is because you were, we were all so young, we were all right about the same age, right, right around 40. And none of us really had a clue how to help you. So it was, um, we were your support system, but we weren't a very effective one as far as the cancer diagnosis. Social, yes, I would say, um, you know, we always eat, people have coffee together and you go right. get cookies or ice cream or whatever during break. But, um, but for as far as being supportive for your cancer, I don't think any of us did a really great job of that, myself included, because you don't know what to do. But well, you don't years, know what you don't know either. That's right. And when, when we'd say things like, you know, let me know, Sharon, if there's anything I can do to help. I know I said that to you and I meant it, but I had no idea what it, what to actually offer. And you said you would, but did you? No, no, we don't. We absolutely don't. Very, very. I think people are getting a little more assertive now. And but at the same time, I'm saying people, women are getting more assertive these days. And so maybe there are some that will actually ask um, for help. But generally speaking, most of us are just we don't. And so that's why um, uh, it's really important to be proactive when you're trying to offer support. Yep. And, you know, we've been preaching this message now for 19 years, either, well, three and a half years on the radio and the rest of the time just through our work at Breast Friends. So hopefully the message is catching on with, you know, <laughs> people yeah. here and there. So. Give yourself permission. Yeah. It's okay to ask it's, for help. It is. And it's okay to accept help when it's offered. So yes. absolutely. So anyway, um, back to your point, fast forward three years. And when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, um, mine was stage three and it was scary as can be. But you, um, because Sharon, you'd been there, you'd, you'd been down that path. You knew exactly what I was dealing with and what I was facing. And so you were that person for me that just really kind of helped guide, you know, my path through all of this. And, um, and, you know, I, I went through it a few times, obviously, but, but it's, it, that was so important to have that person that could kind of guide you through the storm. And I really appreciated all the work that you did with that. We didn't start Breast Friends for four more years after my diagnosis, but it kind of came to us sort of as a, you know, what are we supposed to be doing with this? And you'd kind of been doing it anyway, sort of unofficially, I guess. Right, yeah. But we, but when we decided to do this officially and make something of it, that's when we started Breast Friends. And we, you know, just filed the paperwork and got things going. And, and that was 19 years ago. So it's, it's been, it's been quite a ride, I think. We've met a lot of women and, and, you know, it really led to starting something, I think, pretty, Pretty phenomenal, personally. Well, I, and and the thing is, it's it's not. We're not saying everybody run out and you know start an organization. You no. know, because I I think if we if we had had any sort of really idea how hard it was <laughs> to do that, we might not have done that. But but at the same time, we can all you know if if the whole breast cancer thing is is uh, uh, resounds. Is that the word resounds with you? I'm not sure that's the right word, but anyway. I don't think so, but it's probably close. Okay, okay people understand what I'm talking about. Anyway. Um, resonates. It, it, resonates. Res- thank you. Resonates with you. Yeah, thank you. Um, if it resonates with you, then then get involved, right? Yeah. And yeah. And find out if your particular little thing that you are passionate about is being done somewhere else. And then join that. Yeah. Or 
if there's an organization, maybe like when when Yvonne joined us at Breast Friends, she just had this concept about this warrior women workshops and she came in with that and so we gave her the room to develop that and so that's a whole nother program actually it's blossomed into several programs now that that weren't uh, weren't available at Breast Friends until she joined us right. and so it's interesting how if you're passionate about something that you can add to someone else's um, efforts, or if it's not there, maybe it is something you want to start from scratch. So, you know, there's lots of things you can do. Now, not everybody is passionate about breast cancer. Not everybody wants to even think about it again or talk about it again <laughs> after they true. get through with it. But you're passionate about something, yep. right? Yep. And like you, Becky, you love to speak. I do. Uh, you know, there's something about being on a stage. I, I can't even tell you, but the bigger the audience, the more fun it is. I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, it, that was the kind of where I ended up going with it. You know, besides the work that we do at Breast Friends, you know, you and I have both kind of gone on to some other things too, but it's still in the realm of of breast cancer and in this world. And, you know, that is part of, of who I am as a, as a survivor. And so one of the things that brings me the greatest joy on earth, I think, is to be on a stage in a room full of survivors who are, many are struggling to just try to find even hope and just being there took somebody, an act of Congress to get them to show up, you know. Right. Um, but it's but to know that there's people in the room that are hurting so much and to give them an opportunity to laugh and to kind of share my story with them. I mean, as a five-time survivor, you know, I think the first thing we all think when we hear that we have breast cancer, and I, and I don't care where you, what stage you're at or it doesn't matter. We all have that moment, that fleeting moment sometimes, hopefully it's very fleeting, that we're going to die from this. And I think we all have that experience and that moment of like, oh my gosh, what if I'm one of the ones that doesn't survive? Yeah. And, you know, to hear a story of someone who's been through it so many times, and now with this good news I got yesterday, I'm really hoping that that God is going to be able to use that in me Absolutely. in some new you, and you mighty way. You just strengthened your story a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, if I can give those women hope, you know, by giving them, sharing my story, let's laugh a little bit, let's, you know, tell some funny stories. But the bottom line is, it's not over just because you have breast cancer necessarily, you know, no, and absolutely. I have to be careful with the wording because sometimes it is. But um, we want to be sensitive. Not today. That's exactly right. So that's what I did. So in 2003, um, I gave my very first paid professional speech. (laughs) And it was was pretty, pretty fun, I have to admit. Um, You know, it's funny, Sharon, when I went, it was in... um, in Indiana, and they sent a limo to pick me up at the airport. So my very first speaking event, I get picked up at the airport in a limo. <laughs> I love it. You are like, a star. Yeah, like that's going to be the way it goes every time. And then I think the next time I had to take the shuttle. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like, okay, I guess it's not always like that. But no, in fact, it's rarely on a peg or two. <laughs> it's rarely like that. But it's but that's not what this is about. This is about being up there uh, on a stage and. Honestly, I don't look at whether my message was successful. If I got a standing ovation, what I base it on is how many hugs I get. 
And so that to me, if somebody gives me a hug, if they wait to talk to me to give me a hug, it's because I touch their heart. And touching hearts is what it's all about. But again, it's all about what are you going to do with this experience? Yeah. What what do I need to learn from this experience, right? I know I've you've said that so many times, and and I think from me, um, I for people who've heard this perhaps before, um, one of my greatest gifts or or uh, strengths is being positive. Well, what the when I first <laughs> found that out on on an official level, you know, like a report spit out, and I had taken this test and. I was I was mad. I was like disappointed, I guess. I don't know what I expected. Yeah. Which is I really funny very, when you think about it. Miss Positive know, it, is disappointed really in is. the news. That I know that I was positive. Yeah, it was just like really silly. <laughs> but the point is, what do you do with that positivity? Well, guess what? You talk to a lot of women who aren't feeling terribly positive and you can share that positivity with them. You can do something with those gifts that are important. And that led me to becoming a certified life coach um, back in, gosh, it was 2007, I think, that I got my certification. And, you know, I've always loved doing, like, workshops. Back in 1986, and I know I'm dating myself, um, I remember <laughs> getting involved in this this um, workshop at my corporate job, and I loved it. It was like the first time I had the opportunity, kind of like you stepping on stage, Becky, it was mm-hmm. kind of my moment to like, whoa, this really feels good. I love this. So, you know, doing workshops, doing retreats, doing things like that is in my blood, just like yeah. being on the stage is for you. And so I, I remember from, from the 80s um, thinking, okay, how can I incorporate that into something that I'm doing. Well, it took me a while to get there, but you know, in 2000, I think 9, we had our first like thriving beyond cancer workshop and then we changed it into retreats and you know, we've done lots of stuff with that and then of course we've done the the stuff at the women's prison with the positive mm-hmm. self-worth with which is where Becky's helped me with that as well. So, anyway, again, it's figuring out what is important to you and I love we have to go to break so we're gonna do that in a second but I just want to leave you with that remember that song wasn't it Tim McGraw live like Like you're dying dying. Uh right yeah and and hopefully none of us are gonna actually die from this disease but if we live like we're dying we're going to enjoy our time on this earth much, much better. And on that, let's go out to break. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. 
For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about how we are more than our breast cancer. And Sharon, you know, you bring such good insight. I know you've you've done a lot of retreats and, and trainings and you know, this is your this is your life, the way you talk thing. to patients. Yes, it is. And the way you talk to patients, you know, one-on-one. And, you know, when our audience is listening, we're talking to our audience, to you, one-on-one. Because right now, you're probably listening to us all by yourself. So, you're not alone. We are right here with you, and we are talking directly to you. So, Sharon, when you're talking to our, our person who's listening to us right now, and they're going through cancer, and they've kind of battled it, how, how do we talk about our cancer Well, one thing that I think is an important little insight is sometimes we talk about our cancer like it's who we are, right? And, you know, you being a five-time survivor can probably appreciate this more than most people because you've been through it so many times. But again, if we call it our cancer or my cancer, or those kinds of things. It's like you're taking ownership of it. And I guess that's what I'm suggesting. You just kind of listen to your speech. Listen to how you're talking about the cancer. And make it more of a distant kind of thing. Don't take ownership of it. You don't, you don't want to keep it around, right? <laughs> well, you know, I, I want to ask you about that because I, I think that we might see this differently a little bit. Um, and I guess words do matter. And, and maybe the perspective, like you said, as a five-time survivor, it kind of is my life, you know? Um, and it so is. I, yeah. So I don't want to, I don't want to, disrespected. I mean, I was given this opportunity a long time ago, just like you were, to use this to change my life. And I guess because of that, I don't want to say I feel a kinship to the cancer because it's not, but you know, when we say that I have a cold and I can't leave until I get rid of my cold, we we own the cold. (laughs) It's my cold. Right. Um, 
you know, this is my cancer. So I guess what I'm saying is let's not get hung up on that phrase of calling it mine. Um, the reason I'm saying this, somebody wrote on my Facebook page yesterday to don't call it my cancer, to don't claim it. Well, you know what? I do kind of claim it, you know, and I'm I'm sort of proud of it in a way because well, this has I guess, brought me I guess through some tough my, stuff. Yeah, and it has, absolutely. And it's shaped... It shaped the the uh, a lot of your life in in that respect, right? I mean, yes. we wouldn't have had breast cancer. I mean, breast friends had right. either one of us not had cancer. That's right. So so I get what you're saying there, but what I'm I've talked to women who that is it. That is who they are in this world is their cancer. You're a singer, you're a speech, um, uh, speech writer and presenter. You, um, you know, you're very involved in the community, uh, all sorts of stuff. That's who Becky Olson is. I guess that's the kind of the point I'm trying to make. Again, yeah, that makes sense. Going back to our um, uh, title of the show, we are more than our cancer. Yeah. And I think, again, um, I have I've had people in my life who almost take pleasure, and this is uh, you know I I want to tread carefully here, but they get attention from their cancer, they get uh, accolades, they they um, or or any disease really for that matter, or just having poor health, and they get like extra attention because of that, mm-hmm. and then that feeds this need for more attention. And do you see what I'm saying? I do, I do. Okay, and and I think there's a a good distinction in what you just talked about. So basically, like with me, with all these opportunities I've had <laughs> to um, kind of <laughs> oh, get beyond that. all this. Yes, I've had many opportunities. <laughs> so, but as you describe me, it's not that Becky's a cancer patient. Right. Becky is the speaker and the and all these things that that I've allowed to develop because of the cancer experience. You're and an like, author. You're yeah, you're the co-founder of Breast Friends. You I mean, you are a very um uh diverse and you know like uh, some people are very uh shallow if I might say that and some people are very deep and you're one of those deep people that you have lots of interests and lots of things. And I guess that's my point. Um, sometimes we, we allow our cancer to be our life. That's to true. Be, to that's be true. our future, to be our past, to, you know, just, we just use and, it as and our we identity. Just, and yeah. we just kind of lay in it. And right. yeah, so no, I, I get that. Thank you for the clarification. So Sharon, talk about the ladder of speech. I, I don't really know what, what that means. Well, and, so. and I don't know if it's really, maybe we need to make a whole uh, program about this. But but again, I guess the, what I want to say about that, because we are talking about how words matter, you know, our mm-hmm. vocabulary, our the way we, we phrase things actually can matter. And I just wanted to bring it up and, and, and perhaps we can do a, a show about it. But um, the ladder of speech is kind of interesting. It starts down at the bottom rung of the ladder of speech of obligation. So for instance, I have to go to work. 
I have to do X, Y, Z. doesn't matter what it is, right? Um, I should. I need to do this. Uh, 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 you know, it's like <laughs> this victim mode kind yep. of kind of thinking, right? Instead and of I the, get to or I, I'm excited to, it's exactly, I have to. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So this this um this speech, this um language of obligation is on the bottom of this ladder because the reality is we don't have to do anything. Now, there may be consequences if you <laughs> choose not to go to work, right? Yeah. Um, exactly. But but really think about how you talk about things because you really don't have to do anything because that's out of obligation, right? And if it feels like an obligation, we're going to drag our feet about it. We're going to be grumpy about it, blah, 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 <laughs> all that stuff. You mean I don't have to do the laundry? You don't, but <laughs> you might you know, not have clean clothes you know, and have, your have husband a, might not have clean clothes. I have you know, a so sign above the washing machine. I have, a sign ab- I have a sign above my washing machine that I bought years ago. It says, when I said I do, I didn't mean laundry. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But fortunately, I have a husband who helps with that. Sorry, I digress. No, that's okay. But <laughs> But the point is... You know, you can make fun of it like you do with that sign, right? Right. But generally speaking, at at a certain point, you want to do laundry because you want to have clean clothes, right? Right, right. But when you talk about it like, I have to do this, <laughs> rah, 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 then, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it puts out a completely different energy out into the world. So just quickly, because we can talk, like I said, uh, probably a whole show on this. But the next rung is possibility. Language of possibility means, well, I might do that. I could do that, maybe. Gives you at least some options. Then the next rung might be preference. Oh, I want to do this. I'd like to do this. And if you don't really want to do it, go back down to possibilities, right? So, right. you know, if you say, I, I don't want to do laundry, right? You know, back there, let's talk about, keep, keep it with laundry. Well, I might do laundry tonight, right? Or I want to do laundry tonight, right? I get to do laundry I tonight. I get to Woo-hoo. do it, right? <laughs> um, and then taking it now, again, we're, we're going up the, the ladder mm-hmm. and understanding laundry might not actually apply to some of these uh excuse me, rungs in the ladder, but the next one is passion. I really want to do this. I'd love to do that, right? Yep. And then the next one is planning, okay? Here's how I'm going to do this, or I plan to do this in this way, X, Y, Z, right? I I have a plan. And then the next one is a promise. I promise to do this. I will do this. You can count on me for this. It could be like your marriage vows, right? You're right. not going to go into a marriage vow and say, oh, I might do that, <laughs> right? Or a bank yep. contract, you know? Yep. You're, you're taking out a loan and, and you're promising by putting your you know, name on that line. You're not just saying, well, I might do that. No, no. They're not going to give you the loan if you might pay it back. <laughs> That's true. It's right. very true. Yeah. So anyway, yep. it's it's really taking you out of that victim mentality to mm-hmm. a more 
um, victor, you know, that person who's making their own choices and being happy about it. So no, that's I love kind of that. a ladder of speech. Yeah. I, I've never heard that term before. So that was, that was, that was new for me. Thank you. I really uh-huh. appreciate it. No so problem. when we were talking about this show today, and I think we've kind of already covered it to some degree, but you know, you, you say you are more than your cancer. Is there right. anything else you want to add to that? Cause I think, I think we kind of covered that, but I think we did too. But I, I think again, how we look up, look at it. Mm-hmm. And how we talk about it. Right. All, all I'm asking is for people to kind of listen when the words come out of your mouth. Because, again, we do things out of such habit that many times we say things because we've said them before and it's our story and we just kind of like own it. Right. 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 But you don't have to be that way. I mean, that's almost like a robotic you know, habitual kind of action. So all I'm asking you to do is listen to how you're talking about things. Are you in that place of obligation? Are you taking ownership of that cancer, that disease, or that migraine, or whatever? Or are you more open to change and thinking about how you look at things just a little bit differently. I like to, to use the, um, the farmer who's like plowing his, his uh, land and he's kind of got it on autopilot and he just kind of goes up and back and up and back and just keeps doing the same thing because the autopilot's doing it. Well, if he holds onto the wheel and just makes a tiny little change in his direction... He's not going to be on autopilot anymore, right? right? He's actually taking control, and he's actually going to go in a little bit of a different direction. He's not going to go down that same path over and over again. That's true. That's true. And I kind of think of that with, with driving. You know, if you're driving on the freeway and we put our cars on on auto, you know, auto speed or whatever you call it. Cruise. Um, cru- thank you, cruise control. And we're just driving down, and the all we have to do to get off the exit is turn the wheel ever so slightly, and all of a yeah. sudden we're off the exit. Right. And if we don't do that, then we're just going to stay on that same freeway and just keep going until we land someplace we probably don't want to be. Exactly. Like, not Nothing against L.A., but I hate the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> and I-5 will take us all the way to L.A. All the way down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and again, you know, when I think – Another way to look about look at this is um, I went to a workshop just a few weeks ago and, you know, obviously we were dealing with, you know, your crummy news, Becky, about, you know, the, the cancer coming back in your lungs and all that. And uh, <clears throat> I had some other personal stuff going on. And plus, I'm 65 and my hair's white now because I stopped coloring it. And, you it's know, very it's pretty, like, by the way. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I've gotten way more compliments than I ever thought I would. So it's, it is kind of a nice change, actually, now that I've kind of settled into it. But anyway, I, you know, there were some crummy things I was like thinking, okay, what, you know, this life is, you know, sometimes it, it definitely gives you lemons, right? Yep. And I heard this song, and I need to get a copy of it. I haven't gotten a copy of it, so I may be paraphrasing a little wrong, but I I got the impression uh, from listening to it. One One of the lines said, what if this could be the best years of your life? 
And it just like hit me on this level that I just couldn't hardly explain. Number one, it made me cry for oh. quite a while, which I'm not a crier. So that, that, that must have really touched you. Yeah, it really did touch me. Again, looking at something in a different perspective allows you to kind of grow, to 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 be able to take a crummy thing, something that you're either really unhappy about. Maybe maybe your husband just walked out on you and it was certainly not an expected thing. And all of a sudden it's it feels like your whole world has just crumbled. But you know what? Looking at your life and going, can you even imagine what if this could be the best years of your life? And whether it's cancer or some other awful thing that happens to you, sometimes it is perspective that allows you to look at it from a little different place. And so it really helped me kind of realign my thinking by just hearing that one song. So be open to music, to be open to poetry, be open to new things in your life mm-hmm. and really listen, listen and and absorb what they're saying because obviously for somebody to write that stuff it, you know, there was something going on in their yeah, life most something likely, really right? Powerful. Yeah. yeah. You know, I love what you're what you're saying here because you know, it, it, it how we look at things does kind of dictate our attitude about it and the excitement about it or the lack of excitement. Right now, my husband and I are in this process of downsizing. (laughs) For those of you who've done that, and I know Sharon, you've done it. Um, But, you know, we raised our children in this home, and it's it's a beautiful home. We've got a park across the street. We got a waterfall in the back. I mean, it's it's a beautiful home that, and we put a lot of time and and care into this home to and make love. it. And yeah. love, yeah. And we love this home. So now we're looking at downsizing, and we are. We've already picked out the apartment. We're going to do apartment living for a while and just kind of get things kind of settled. But but it's hard to think about. We're trading the big house with all this cool stuff for a little apartment, but the. The truth is that's not what we're trading for. No. You know, that we can look at it that way, but yeah. we can also look at it that this is a and very it can exciting make you, time. And it can make you sad and grumpy yeah. and all yeah. those things, right? But we're looking at this now as, I mean, this is really freedom because, you know, when you buy a home and we've lived here forever, there's a lot of equity that builds up. You have this now, this opportunity to use some of that to do kind of whatever we want for the rest of our lives. You know, we can travel, we can... Um, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever. But once we've made this move, the world kind of opens up for us. And so that's the way we have to look at this, that we're not trading this for that. We're trading this for freedom. Our kids don't even live in the state anymore, but this would allow us to go and travel and visit them whenever. Now, when they come visit us, they're going to have to get an Airbnb or something because we won't have room for them anymore. But but it's, um, you know, it, it it is all in the perspective and how you look at it. And these can be the best years. It's just, I kind of look at old pictures and I think, boy, I will never be this young again, ever. (laughs) 
yep, and, you, old, and you're, right? you're reminded you're it's like be older <laughs> yeah it's, I, I look so old compared to how I looked you know 10 years ago but you know what 10 years from now I mean I'm gonna look back on these pictures now and go yep. wow I was so young then so yeah sure. embrace this moment because exactly. you know and so anyway all right so on that note we are going to go out to break and we will be back <laughs> in a minute stay Perfect. tuned Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our show. We've been talking about you being more than your cancer. And on that, I want to talk about metastatic disease just a little bit. Becky, you're a five-time survivor. And I can imagine, just because we're so close, (laughs) (laughs) um, how it felt to get those words. How scary was that? (sighs) Yeah, Um, it is different than not being told that that's for sure um I kind of I guess in some ways I sort of eased into it a little bit because my my third time there was some speculation that it had metastasized it had just gotten into one spot behind my my um breastbone near my chest wall and so there was one one spot there and then we got rid of that with radiation, and then it came back again in the same spot. That was the first time they really started talking about it being metastatic. Mm-hmm. But because I'd already been through that same spot and we got rid of it with radiation, we thought maybe we could try it again, and maybe it was just a persistent spot. So I kind of got eased into it a little bit, I guess, uh-huh. because of that. 
And then we did scans after that, and it seemed to be gone. But when I got that diagnosis in October of Mm -hmm. last year, where we did just another follow-up scan to make sure it was still gone, and then to have it be in five spots on my other side, I hadn't battled anything on the right side for years. Mm -hmm. And to have it be show up in five spots on the right side, out of the blue, I mean, I had no idea. And I was really scared at first because... You know, I had a scan in January and it was clean. I had a scan in May and it was clean. And October, I've got five spots. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is growing so fast. How could it go from zero to five spots in, you know, just those few months? And when I was talking to my doctor, he kind of let me down gently. He says, chances are it was metastatic that whole time. It just hadn't gotten big enough to see it. Right. So, but it was still scary because now it took on a whole new face, I guess. And Yeah. Um, yeah. Treatments are different, um, you know, but but they're kind of that the the death thing kind of played a bigger role in my my life at that point. And you know, and and Sharon, I just got to say, I am strong and I am a fighter. And people pointed that out, but you know, but if anyone can beat this, you can because you're strong and you're a fighter and you're right, not right. going to let this get you down. And you know, there are times it got me down. You know, and I just have to be honest with that and I have to own that because there are times when I just, I mean, I cried and I thought, my gosh, am I going to live to see my grandkids now graduate? I remember there was a time I didn't think I'd see my kids graduate from high school. Right, right. Now that I'm, first now, diagnosis. I remember yeah, having the yeah. same exact conversation yeah. because that's how it felt. You yeah. know, like, am I, and, and I remember I wasn't even, uh, mine was only stage two, but um, I remember having those, those thoughts too. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, you go through these thoughts, I think, no matter where you're diagnosed and whether it's stage one, I mean, just hearing the word cancer uh, brings up just so many emotions and am I going to live long enough to see my kids do whatever or yeah. Am I going to live long enough to mm-hmm. even get married and have children, maybe, yep. for some people? I mean, so so again, um, it, it's your perspective on everything. And, and again, whether it was your first time or your fifth time being diagnosed, it's freaking scary. It, it just is. is. It is. And understanding that, I think... And, and understanding that kind of to the core, but then understanding it, you kind of get into a rhythm too, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you get your plan, you work your plan, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite the fun plan that we do when we're no. planning a vacation, but you know, oh. yeah, exactly. But yeah, you just, you have the steps, you kind of take it one step at a time. And, you know, if you try to, what's that saying about the elephant, you know, eating an one elephant is one bite at a time. <laughs> so when you're looking at a cancer diagnosis, it's a big old hairy elephant, you know, and if you try to look at the entire oh my God, I'm going to be in treatment for months. I mean, I might be on this treatment for the rest of my life. I don't know. And that is daunting. Don't get me wrong. No, it it is. And some days it can get you down, I'm sure. But it it is one one thing at a time. So, you know, we tried phase one of the trial because, you know, as as I've mentioned, I'm on a trial. And the first step was to be on on, um, immune therapy and Mm -hmm. see if we could get my body's own immune system to attack the cancer. But apparently it wasn't enough to do that. So that's when it started to grow again. And so now I'm on phase two. So that was scary too, but we've added another drug and the side effects are pretty minimal, really. I just, I'm tired, but 
but it's it's actually pretty minimal. So it's I'm just going kind of through these motions and just waiting to see what happens with it. But but I can't let it always get me down. I mean, I know I told my doctor a long time ago when I first started seeing him. I said I never want to hear the words that you have xyz amount of time left to live right i don't ever want to hear that because i know that there's a certain part of me that will just figure that's true and i could i could see myself laying on my couch watching tv waiting to die and i don't want to be that person but Mm -hmm. for me to not be that person i have to not have that information because the, the mind is a is a really powerful tool and well just like we said before words matter right they do they 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 do do matter and And again you know yourself well enough that that's something you just don't need to know that's right so I don't want to know that and he promised me he'd never tell me that and um you know we when we get to that point Sharon where maybe someday this does be the thing that ends my life it's not going to be today and it's going to not going to be hopefully a year from now it could be maybe 10 years from now I don't know I mean I'm looking at I could live to be 80 my dad's 92 you know so he doesn't have cancer never has although you know we we just you never just never know but anyway um I'll know when it's time and you know when it's time to kind of give up because my body will start to really fail me and I won't be able to do the things that I can do now. Well, you know, quality right? of life, right? Yeah. It's yeah. all so, about quality of life. That's right. So I, you know, I'm doing the I'm doing the best I can to fight this thing and I will continue to do the best I can to fight this thing. But there will there may come a time in my path that I just say, Okay, I'm done fighting. Yeah. And I'll know. I'll yeah. know when that time comes, but I'm so far from that now. It's crazy. And, you know, and even my doctor now with his news yesterday, maybe I'll live to be a six-time survivor. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that will be the case. It'll reverse it and yeah. then, you know, and you'll have to figure something else out, right? Yeah. 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 It's like, this isn't going to get me, darn it. The devil's been trying all this time, but God says, oh. nope, 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 not yet. So not yet. I've got, <laughs> I've got work to do still here. Yeah. So, and I think that's an important thing to make sure we're talking about too, is because it, you're brave when you choose to do treatment. Yeah. Because yeah. there's always side effects, even if luckily in this case, you've got minimal side effects um, from the from the drugs, but there still are side effects. Mm-hmm. And some drugs even give you long-term side effects that you have to deal with. And every day you get up and do whatever your doctor's suggesting is a great day, right? That's right. And understanding that and, and choosing again, words matter. I am, I want to take these drugs because I want to live longer. That is a key. Right. Seriously. Those words right there. You know, the fact is I get to be on this trial Yes, because I qualify for it, yes. and I have I have great insurance that's helping to pay for it, and the trial pays for part of it. I get to do these things, yes. and there are people that don't get to because they don't have insurance, and I, that breaks my heart when I think about that. Right. You know, so I am so grateful and so thankful that I get to be on this trial, and and you know the first round didn't work, but round two maybe is working. You know. Yeah. Oh, so it absolutely is working. Yeah. So and it's, you're it's, choosing to be on this trial. You're choosing to be brave and continue on. You're choosing all these things. And so, again, I just want our listeners to think about how they talk about 
things that happen in their life. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are victims of certain things. Like if you've been in a natural disaster, if you're a, a sexual assault victim, I mean, there are things where we are victims. There's no question about it. But even those horrible things that can happen to us, we can choose to look at them from a place of, okay, what can I learn from this experience? How do I talk about it so it doesn't like completely overtake my life? And of course, talking with a a counselor or, you know, somebody else that's going to help you process this information. And whether it's cancer or something else in your life, you do have choices around it. And to your point, Becky, you'll know, you'll know when it's time to stop fighting. Yep, I will. And, and again, because I'm a fighter, it's probably going to have to hit me over the head to figure that out but oh yeah you know, you, you know <laughs> probably there, fight there may time. be a day where you yeah. just say I'm done you I'm know done. and yeah. and there isn't any quality of life um for you but that is so many years down the road which we want to make sure so the last thing I want to make sure we talk about before we lose our our audience here um <laughs> is celebration and being grateful Okay, and understanding how that plays into your cancer experience. Um, Be thankful for the little wins like this last scan, right, that has stopped the progression of your cancer, right? Yeah. Um, That you get to, right, be on this trial. I love that. I get to, Um, (laughs) woohoo, that you actually are spending maybe more quality time with family and friends because again the fact we're all gonna die one day right (laughs) yes but we know we know it now right and we can actually then choose to not do things out of obligation I you have know, to do this, right? Yeah. I'm you know, you, me- you mentioned um, Tom- Tim McGraw's song, Live right. Like You Were Dying. I had a little book that I picked up in a Christian store with that same title, and it had a foreword by Tim McGraw, and at the end it had that CD in the back with that song. But I was kind of just thumbing through the pages, and there was a page in there that says, we're all terminal. Some of us are just lucky enough to know it. And man, that was like, oh, I love that because that is kind of what happens. I think anytime you face a life-threatening illness or a, a challenge or a trauma or something, some for some of for some of us, probably myself included, this is the first time you really think about, you know, we are terminal and it is it is gonna end at some point. So we know it and then you start to make different choices. We are out of time, Sharon. So Wow, okay. <laughs> um, So we want to thank our listeners for tuning in. And also thank you so much for helping us be number five of all the breast breast cancer podcasts. We will be back next week. And until then, remember, there is always hope. And we are here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hennepin and Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.
exit.